0: everybody welcome to the wild heart this is episode 12 and today's episode is called the strategy master and our guest for episode 12 is jim owens um principal at performance strategies group that's right that's awesome all right so before we get into what that means let me also share a little bit about what i found out about you Uh i know i found this out through you believe it or not okay you are a hiker i am A teller of tales. I am. All right. Uh, A wannabe writer. Yes. A bad poet.
1: A bad poet.
0: I've read some of your poetry. I disagree.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Um, A man who likes dogs.
1: I do like dogs.
0: Black coffee.
1: Very black coffee.
0: And Kentucky bourbon.
1: Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the glass. Uh
0: You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. We try to keep some around for our bourbon enthusiast friends, so... I wish I was a bourbon girl, but I'm just not. So I think you and I are, are going to get along very well because the only thing in that description that I would change to fit myself is instead of bourbon, I like craft beer and a good dirty martini.
1: So I like both of those. We'll get along fine. And craft, All right. craft beer was a late-in-life acquisition that has done terrible things to my waistline. So. it? <laughs> I mean,
0: me too. <laughs> I love um, – and Huntsville is a town that – were we're inundated with it. And there's so much to try. And really good, talented brewers. You're exactly right, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't get into drinking the craft beer until about four years ago, and there's just no going back.
1: There's not. And I grew up drinking Budweiser and... I know, isn't it terrible? It's not beer.
0: I can't drink it now. I mean, we went to the beach, and um, we got those little seltzers and some light beer because I thought, ah, you know, and I was like, bleh not even going to go there so um, we've, we've talked a little bit about what what who you are personally and a little bit of your likes so tell us about performance strategies group
1: well we um, and I say we because I have a couple of uh, I guess 1099 people that come on in projects uh, other than that we as yeah. me and the dog right so mm-hmm. um, and we essentially try to help people and organizations get better at what they do they do and accomplish what they want, and to live their lives with more kind of harmony. Invariably, all the work we do with executives leads to some personal things. Yeah. So uh, we do that through executive coaching. We do it through strategic planning, and we do it through kind of an advisory services business that includes some talent management and acquisition and development um,
0: okay. strategy work. And there's motivation involved. There is in a lot right? of
1: motivation work.
0: Yeah, because typically, I mean. I would imagine, and I don't know anything about that world. You know, we had a small little yoga business, but I know even, even with that, you you try to keep people motivated and sure. to have yeah. a team, a team thought. You know, like we're all a team, we're in this right. together. Let's right. all let's all be a team and help one another out and that sort of thing. Um, but I imagine you probably get calls and correct me if I'm wrong from these businesses when they feel they're in need of a tune-up a little so bit so
1: it's funny we have uh, right now a number of our clients have done very well through the pandemic so they're managing growth okay. extraordinary amounts of growth and then we have others that have challenges and, and, and trust within their organizations and they have problems with talent uh, they don't quite know what to do and I spent about 30 years as a banker which is about 29 too long probably wow, yeah. but uh, I saw a lot of different kinds of businesses and a lot of different people that were successful and and Really had an advisory relationship with all my, my bank clients that, that became a very natural part of what I was doing, what I'm doing now. I've actually had the little company for 10 or 15 years. I did my motivational speaking through it, and I did, um, I've written a couple of books, so that ran through that stuff and, and okay. just did a few other things through it. So finally, I got tired of it three years ago and hung up my shingles, as a, or not, my spurs as a banker.
0: Okay. That's you know we, we had a, a podcast with a friend of ours who was in the banking field for a long time and and although very valuable and needed profession it's, I, th- I think it's kind of tough on you maybe I don't know I it, mean it, it, it can drain you I'm sure
1: yeah it it was an exhausting uh, effort and bureaucracy most of the time I was the CEO of a couple of small banks and I was also a regional exec with a couple of international banks and so it was. Um, there are a lot of rules to follow, and yeah. I'm not particularly a good, I mean, I'm a good rule follower as a part of an organization, but right. I'm far too creative and don't really fit in. I, the I was about of to say world. that. <laughs> yeah, so. just
0: from your description, you know, you, you're, you're a hiker and, and you're a motivational speaker and poetry and all those sort of things. Those, those traits don't really fit so well with the more corporate banking yeah. world, right?
1: I owned a lot of suits and wore them uh, with pride, but um, now, unless I'm going to a wedding or a funeral, I, I leave the suits in the closet.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, uh, they feel a little restricted late, after you've t- late after late you've hung it. them up for a little while, especially right? after
1: putting on weight through the pandemic <laughs> so, with all
0: that craft beer too, right? right? Yeah. I do have a few quotes of yours that I I really liked as I was researching you that I found valuable. And um, one was strategic, organizational, and personal planning is knowing where you, where you, where are, let me start that over. Strategic, organizational, and personal planning is knowing where you are where you want to go and checking and rechecking your progress
1: and that's right yeah so a lot of people who do strategic planning work they kind of facilitate a weekend you know retreat or they'll go through and spend uh, i don't know maybe a couple days with people and for me that doesn't work it's not what i want to do because i'm really interested in relationships and what i find most organizations have trouble with is just doing what they say is important they they self identify what's important but we kind of stay alongside them throughout the execution phase and so they and we recheck what's working and what's not and try to you know adjust on the fly it's just really kind of a uh, i tell people that most of what i get paid for is to encourage people to do what they already say is important
0: well it's just like life right we is set these right? goals exactly. we set intentions and we get the goal or the intention, but we don't re we don't recheck ourselves exactly from right. time to time. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So it's important, especially when you are employing others and their livelihoods are dependent on your exactly. success. Yeah. It's cause I was listening to or I was reading about you and I was researching you and I thought, you know, and and I'm sure you recognize this and I'm sure everyone that works with you does as well. But when you're working with these larger corporations and businesses, you're securing people's Jobs, basically. Yeah, we
1: really are, and a lot of uh, I guess consultants or advisors. Their their role is to come in and help people like cut, you know, like reductions in force, and that's not what I do and what we do because I've been on the uh, both the giving and receiving of that into that as a organization when I worked in banking. Right. And um, it it's not something that I wanted to do, so I'm very deliberate uh, and transparent about. Making sure that everybody understands that that's not my role because we spend hours interviewing different people throughout the team. We meet with groups, and they're always a little uh, concerned when somebody says oh, uh, I bet. with a yellow yeah. pad. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: looking for a pink slip that's or right. something, right. Right? right? No, you're not scary. You're very tall, but mm. you're not scary. So. I am very tall. Yes, you are. How tall are you?
1: I'm about six seven.
0: Yeah, uh, you're a tall guy.
1: Yeah, I'm an only mm-hmm. child. So my <laughs> she stopped after that. My mother says that, she was right? fully vested. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: That's great. Well, do you, you know, with your background, I, I am sure that the motivational speaking really comes in handy for you with with this because yeah. you, you understand how to deliver the motivation, right, instead of it just being cold-cut, like, all right, got to do this, you need to do this, you know.
1: Yeah, it, it's um, – so I, I think the motivational speaking thing is um, – you know, I started doing it years ago. I was invited to do something for a group of people, and I said, as long as I don't have to talk about finance, if I can talk about anything other than banking, that'll be great. And I developed a little tool called uh, "Coaching as a Model for Leadership," and it was um, it was really a look at football coaches and basketball okay. coaches and how they lead and how different they can. be. That lead, locker right? room pep yeah. talk. Well, and all that. you know, there's there are these stoic characters like Tom Landry who sat on the sidelines of the,
0: the yeah. Cowboys
1: for years and never he never threw his hat he never did anything showed emotion always you know Natalie dressed and all that and then you have guys like Woody Hayes who I'm old enough to never remember when Woody Hayes you know punched a kid on a, on a football team right and lost his job the next day so there are lots of different kind of coaches lots of different kind of people and more often than not I figure out that if people are passionate about what they're doing
0: mm-hmm. and
1: if they're able Right. If, you're, if you're able and willing, that's one thing. But if you're not, if you're not willing and you're able, that's a problem. Yeah. we just try to get people in roles that they can naturally be successful at.
0: Now, of those, I mean, I understand that of those two different um, polarities that we were talking about, Tom Landry and the other one, you yeah. know, yeah. like these are polarities. These are two extremes. But is the, is the secret sauce somewhere in the middle, generally speaking, or does it just depend on who you're working with?
1: You know, it's funny, I use my dad as I use a lot of behavioral profile work and a lot of um, psychometric tools in our work and it would be easy to assume that everyone who's super detail conscious and super analytical and all that might not be a particularly good leader. My father was that way, I'm completely the opposite. I can be very analytical, I can be a micromanager, I hate it. But I'm far more inspirational. I'm a lot louder. I'm a lot more... Um, passionate. Chasm- yep, <laughs> passionate. <laughs> I talk too much. And um, I just people are... You know, there are some rules that are... Or not rules. There are some behavioral styles that are better suited for certain things than others. Right. But, um, I, you know, the people that are successful leading companies or organizations are or just simply doing the job they have, they're all over the map in terms of you know their basic their
0: style yeah their
1: basic style yeah and um a lot of times if we can just keep people out of our own way you know that's yeah. the biggest problem oh i imagine <laughs> yeah. that can be yeah. a problem
0: because sometimes you probably have to tell you know the people in charge of these businesses maybe they are part of the problem right yeah and that may not always be as well heard as well, one, of my,
1: one of my first clients was a regional real estate executive. I was doing some coaching for him. The company brought me in to work with him in Nashville, and he was very successful in one regard, and that was developing regional sales volume. But okay. he wasn't getting the kind of margin in this commercial construction business that his peers were getting. So he and he had trouble getting along with people. And after about seven or eight sessions, I said to him, "You either need to go to work somewhere else or." all in line here because you're going to be miserable the rest of your life right. about six months later he started his own company and he's doing pretty well I think and um, everyone was happier <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> they were
1: happy that he no longer was a middle in the middle of their kind of way of doing things and he right. was happy he didn't have to answer to anybody
0: yeah so, yeah, everybody's answer is different, I that's guess. That's right, it you is. Just, it really you is. Just, your job is to kind of go in there, read the situation, and make yeah, suggestions. Yeah, and if people
1: so. are in the wrong role or they're ill-equipped, if they just don't have the technical ability to do it, right. uh, we try to help them get it, or we, and we can provide some of that. We can help other people find paths to um, to develop.
0: And you do work individually, one-on-one with people as well, Yeah, right? you know, when
1: I started the business, it was largely uh, – individual coaching clients, executives, salespeople, and that sort of thing. And over time, it's morphed into two things. One is either going to work with the CEO or one of the C-suite executives and then getting the, the corporate business as a result of that, or going in the other way and doing coaching as a result of being asked to do some organizational strategy work. And the other thing we do is a kind of a, what's called a performance round table, performance strategies group, performance round table. It's a peer group. Uh, that we bring different types of people into we meet monthly and we do one-on-one coaching with them Um, but it's a um, with a very uh, well-developed curriculum but it is um, I've done less of the one-on-one coaching. If I want to coach somebody if I like them, I don't care if it's if if they can't even afford it, right? I've done work pro bono free and told people pay me when you can or pay me what it's worth or don't pay me at all Yeah, and um, and if I think I can help them, I'll do my best to do that. And they've responded. And fortunately, knock on wood, and I'm, I'm tapping my head. Yeah, I, um, That's paid off uh, without any expectation of it paying off. So. Well,
0: you know, if you can help people out and really make a difference in their life, it, yeah. it's generally always a good payoff.
1: Sure, absolutely. Right and that absolutely.
0: provides you with motivation.
1: It does. I get more out of um, the people who tell me that I made a difference in their organization, their life, not that I am able to do this for free, right? Right. But if I had an unlimited amount of money I probably would anyway, because that's the payoff, right? It's sure. the relationships that people tell you over time what the difference sure. you made in their lives.
0: Well you have always said that with yoga. When people come up to you and say, you know, this what you've taught me, or your class, or, or yeah. are you opening my eyes to this world? Sure, have changed my life forever, yeah. and and I never took that lightly. Yeah. You know, I was like, those are big words. That's a big statement. It's and a and, huge you know, statement. And, and if makes, we all thrived to make that kind of impact on each other,
1: sure, yeah.
0: we would um, all be living in a lot better a different world.
1: Yeah. yeah, a whole different world. So and. Uh, by the way, I've taken private yoga instruction—not from you, but from someone else here in town. And I was—I was—I never considered myself a yogi, but but I know people who have said, uh, particularly one friend of mine who who said yoga saved her life, yeah. and I believe that it did. Yeah. Um, she went through a very difficult, trying time, and and ultimately became an instructor.
0: And, That's great. Uh, yeah,
1: she's a sweetheart.
0: That's great. Yeah, but you know, I, I was I, when I was reading about you too, I was. Looking at your interests, and, and like I said, they're very similar to mine, you know, being in nature and, and dogs and poetry, and, and those are things that um, I wish everybody's everybody needs to go out and take walks outside. Absolutely. I mean, I think that if, you're, if your mind's boggled with business and you can't break away from that stress of that, you, maybe the first answer is to connect to nature sure. and go outside and breathe some fresh air and and take some few steps away from business for a minute.
1: Absolutely. You become a better problem solver. Right. Um, but I mean, the science behind it now from, from a creativity standpoint, overcoming trauma or um, managing stress, stress. Um, vitamin d just from being out in the sunshine Mm -hmm. endorphins from moving around and it 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 has changed my life certainly and i've always enjoyed the outdoors but i went a long time without being out there and um I've now been lost multiple times in the woods, which is a learning lesson, Yeah. Right?
0: I don't look forward to that day. I've gone uh, hiking with some of my crazy girlfriends, and <laughs> it's a wonder we've made it out. And we're just right here at the Land Trust. So
1: so one piece of advice, <laughs> yeah. okay, I spent um, about four hours one day on the Land Trust property, um, one of the properties. I can't remember which one. Um, it was grown up. It was on the dead of summer. I decided on the spur of the moment to go. I didn't take any water. I didn't take a backpack. I didn't take anything, and I ended up on a switchback, which I now know now, right? So, but, but the rule is, keep going back to the place where you last knew where you were. And yeah. When you know where you are. You Dude, can...
0: I can get turned around in a grocery store. <laughs> That's right. I mean. Yeah.
1: And I, I kept doing that for about you know i don't know a couple hours until i figured out what i had done yeah then i came out realizing never leave without water (laughs) never leave without a plan right well
0: now they have apps you put on your phone with a map and you know you get but you know i've it was an experience but no I, i i think that that your interests like that probably help you with With helping people figure out these issues. Because, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things I think we have to do. We can't be consumed in our career twenty four seven. There has to be something else going on for you to really be able to give it the attention. the proper attention it needs.
1: Yeah, so in my coaching model, right, that is, or our coaching model, that it's really, um, you've got four options to make change in your life you, or your business. You can do more of something, you can do less of something, you can do something better, or you can do something differently. And we encourage people to think through their mental, um, their emotional, which is their relationships, right? Their mental is their brain, their capacity to stuff. their emotion. Typically is related to their relationships, whether positive or negative, or whatever. Their spiritual side uh, and their physical well-being, because their energy level is affected by all of that. It's not the time always; it's the energy that you survive. So you know that you're you're a yoga instructor.
0: Yeah, but not everybody knows that. So that's why we're we're making it. We're letting them be aware of that. But uh, another thing that I read that you wrote is, crisis can strengthen a foundation. It can also expose and enlarge its weaknesses. Yeah. So that's a great, um, just a statement for life um, or a business. Um, and we've lived through a year of
1: um, trauma, crisis, yeah. trauma
0: and crisis this year. And I think there are a lot of people who just feel like their foundations just cracked to hell. Oh, you know, absolutely. And, and they're not sure, you know, how they're going to bounce back from it. But but stress makes you stronger.
1: Right, and that's why yoga and meditation and spiritual pursuits and all those other things. It, it's easy to think that um, you're they don't people don't realize the connection between all those. And right. when, when they do, when the light comes on, they're like, "Oh, I got to do this. I'm leaving tomorrow, so I'm going up to the Tennessee mountains for a little bit, up to okay. towards Asheville and and Knoxville in that area." Yeah. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going. I just have a backpack, <laughs> so right. that, that's how I roll. But so, you're prepared
0: this yeah, time, right? I exactly. have water. That's awesome. Um, but you know, I was reading that and I thought, well, we can either use crisis and destruction. We can use it sort of as, um, if you think of it metaphorically, as as a compost. You know, in right. that it'll enrich the soil that our foundation is on. Sure. Um, or we can kind of stand in that weakness and just crumble. Yeah. You know, you have you have choices, you have options, and and I think that's where the survivors separate themselves from the people who who aren't going to put the work in to be a survivor, right? Yeah,
1: and we have a remarkable ability to endure enormous amounts of self inflicted pain, right? That, yeah, <laughs> that, it's called that, that's called life. It's right. <laughs> like it, we, I have this theory that you set your own dumpster fire. Sometimes you. Okay. Um, walk through the smoke and fog of another person's fire and other times the fire just lightning strikes right and um if you can just stop setting your own dumpster fires it it means your life is a lot cleaner
0: yeah well that's a good one too um and i got another one for you Uh i I don't know I, i enjoyed it i was reading through them i'm like i like that i like that um what would you say is, an, is a necessary trait for people to succeed in business? Integrity or, no, this is a question for me. Okay. What would you say is a necessary trait for people to succeed in business? Integrity or self-confidence or the two together? Would you say those two things are like a, a, a good combination?
1: Yeah, I would say um, integrity as, as an absolute, right? You right. can destroy a lifetime worth of work with one bad decision. But the other thing that is uh, really critical, and some people succeed in spite of their ability to build relationships. Most of us don't. And if you can see people as um, the relationship as an end unto itself instead of right. a means to an end, um, and people say nice things about you when you die, and you'll be a lot happier. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if you're building a business and you want people to invest in you and you want people to invest in the business and, and your, your business is feeding other people, then if you if you don't if you're not known as someone with integrity.
1: Exactly. Then
0: you're not going to have a business.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I think a lot of people though they see some people that are just not good people that are really doing well in life and that's a different animal. There's different things going on there. You know, but I mean it happens, but I say in general if you want to succeed in life.
1: I think you're right.
0: You have to be someone that it's that that stands behind their word and that stands on their principles. And, and and sometimes, you know, that's really, really hard to do. I mean, you know, it's hard to, there's times where, you know, you know what's right, but it would be easier to do what's wrong. Right. But you're going to, you're, you're going to stand on, on that integrity. You're going to, you're like, I'm, I'm, this is not the right thing for me to do. I will not do that.
1: Uh, My father uh, worked for the federal government his first career for 30 years and I remember as a kid him coming home with, a, with an old black Samsonite briefcase with silver latches on it every night and he had these black U.S. government pens in there they're ballpoint big yeah, pens back yeah, in yeah. the 70s and I was a kid and I wanted a couple of those pens and he wouldn't give it to me and he said those were paid for by the taxpayer they're not mine to give you talk about a profound lesson like my dad wouldn't give me a five cent penny or I mean a pen yeah and um and I think a lot of bankers—not um, all, but I mean, for the most part—all bankers are really solid right. people, integrity-wise. But there are those who uh, play on the fringes a lot. And somebody told me early in my career, you have to decide whether you're going to make your living as a banker, or you're going to make your living—you're um, going to use your banking job to get access to information and opportunities that wouldn't otherwise you wouldn't otherwise get. And, yeah. And of course, in many cases that's illegal, and uh, in a lot of cases, I'm just not smart enough to keep up with all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I was like, it's simpler just to do my thing as a banker and not try to be, you know, a lot of different things. Not be a builder, not be a real estate developer. Not right,
0: anything. right. Don't use that as an opportunity right. to do something right. else. Right. Okay, so that brings me to self confidence. Um, it's necessary, right? Or is it? Is it a muscle that's built?
1: I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Um, I think you. You know, uh, as you grow your expertise and you grow experience, I've got a friend who's a neurosurgeon in Birmingham, and he says that neurosurgery is not a science; it's an art. Pain that I uh, diagnosing pain is an art, and young neurosurgeons think that the solution to everything is to do what they were taught in medical school. And I think that you build self confidence with time. I know that. You know, I was foolishly overconfident at twenty three or twenty four. Um, yeah, okay, well,
0: that's tw- being 23 Yeah, or 24. And,
1: and, and so um, the but but if you don't have the confidence to take the risk to, right. to trust yourself that you can learn on the fly, then you won't get the opportunities. And some right. people don't want to like they don't want to. Success is defined at a. Individual level, for some people. Well, I think
0: it's good when we're young that we're kind of cocky and we're kind of brave because you know we just brush that off and it doesn't bruise our ego too terribly bad and and all that sort of stuff. But I think um, experience is the best teacher.
1: Absolutely. If you'll if you'll be a good student, right, right. right.
0: (laughs) So and and over time, you know, you're like, okay, that didn't work for me, but but that that thing I did that time worked for me, so. And I know I'm good at that, so my self-confidence is going to, you know. So we do get wiser as we get older. Sure. Until we start losing our memory, and then we forget it all, but (laughs) it's all good. Um, Would you say that there are certain traits that almost always can cause failure? I mean, like, is there certain things you can do? Like, well, you know, not having that integrity or being dishonest or... Uh, Making excuses, blaming others, um, lack of work ethic, those sort of things. Yeah, so
1: obviously lack of work ethic. You can't, um, you know, Dwayne Haskins just got let go. He was an outstanding football player in college, but when he got in the pros, apparently he didn't read film. He didn't do the things as a quarterback you have to do. And he hasn't been successful at, at the professional level, despite having all the physical gifts that should allow him to be that person. So if you don't put in the work and stuff, my my undergraduate degree is in political science. I didn't know anything about finance. I was fortunate to go to work for a company that let me take a lot of courses, but I also did a lot of reading on my own. I worked hard um, and um, I was fortunate. I mean, you said I'm tall. Like, there's a lot to be said for being 6'7". Sure. I mean, mean,
0: you're a powerful, uh, physically, you're a powerful looking force, right? Even
1: when you're... Weigh 160. Well, I guess I weighed 190 pounds when I started in banking. I weigh a lot more than that now. But, but uh, yeah, it just you know being tall is an asset. But right. You still have to do the work. I know some.
0: And you can reach everything on the top shelf I in the can, kitchen, right? If you right? need
1: anything handled, <laughs> light bulbs change, anything like All that, on right, yeah. here. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I I football the football thing is a good analogy because there are people that have. You know, people that never even make it to college or the pros, they have the talent. It's there. Sure. I mean sure. the the God given talent's there. They're lazy. They and are. and they mm-hmm. think they're they don't need to work for it too hard. You know, mom and dad's coaxed them and, and petted them all these years and they're the best and they were the best in high school and all those sort of things. Exactly. And then when it comes time that they're playing amongst peers that are as good as they are. Exactly. Then and, and you can relate that to the professional world as well. If you're in a small town and you're, you know, king of the crop and you're you're the one on top and then you go into a big city no matter what, you know, you've moved up in that industry. Sure. And all of a sudden, there's other people that are at that same echelon you are. Either you're going to step your game up, and you're going to be willing to learn more, or you're going nowhere, exactly. and you're going to need to go back home.
1: Exactly, you need right? to go be you know where you can enjoy your life and you know, be sheltered from pain.
0: And reality, and <laughs> exactly. reality. I, I think you know, and nothing against um, you know, like the the high school. F- the guy who never leaves the glory days. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, we all revel in our, our younger years without Absolutely. a doubt. Yeah. You know, and, and we live on those moments that won't live in infamy forever. Sure. Right. But um, there's a big world out there, and there's always somebody that's willing to work a little harder and do a little more. So you've got to be on your game
1: i absolutely i went to a uh, i had the good fortune to get invited when I was a senior and I guess I was a rising senior in high school I got invited to a basketball camp not because I was that good but it was an invitational camp only and i got invited largely because my coach who had played for the Lakers and was a standout all-american basketball player and he got me in and i realized when I came home i said you know the difference between me and all the other guys is even at six seven. I played what I'd call like wrist over the goal basket, right. Everybody else played an elbow over, right. So, so these guys were like physically physically like much more talented than me, and I just had, had to work a lot harder. Right. And I was never going to be an NCAA Division One ball player, um, but I was able to get a lot more out of it because I had been challenged by right. much better ball players.
0: Right. And right. I think that's how you have to look at it. Yeah. Not so much come back with a bruised ego like I'm not good right. enough. Right. Come back and like if if I want to be at that level, I've got to dig in deeper exactly. and I've got to work a little yeah. bit harder. Yeah. Which you know, there's several professional sports people out there that weren't the best. Absolutely, you know that didn't make it to the pros right off the bat, and they did a lot of work. Sure. and there they are, you know, and now they're top of their game. Sure, so yeah.
1: Tom Brady was what, he was drafted in the seventh round. Is that think, right? Yeah, I mean. Who knew? Now they consider him the greatest of all time. And
0: he's pretty, too.
1: He is a pretty man. He's a pretty yeah. boy. People say I look like him, but that's... <laughs> <laughs>
0: I can see the there, resemblance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Checks
1: in the mail. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so you travel all over the country a yeah. lot doing this sort of stuff, right? Yeah.
1: Last year really was interesting. I, I've been in... Uh, so beginning in the first... Of the, I say last year. Beginning of the first of this year, uh, I was in Arkansas and Mexico and Texas and... Florida, and, and then everything shut down for a while. But uh-huh. I've been, we've uh, ended up with clients in the metro D.C. area, and in Georgia, and in Tennessee. And of course, most of them are here, right? As they should be. And I love to travel, uh, and yeah. uh, and I'll get back on an airplane today. Well,
0: right now is the safest time to actually I, I, be on. I know. On, and today,
1: just um, you should know that today I I am. I can't say this with any higher confidence than I can say right now. This morning I was tested negative <laughs> for for, awesome. for the virus. So That's good. I did a screening
0: today as well. I was so.
1: exposed a couple of weeks ago to somebody who had it, and a week or so ago, and I just thought, I better go get tested.
0: Well, you know, my son works for um, a company that does big distributions for, like, Amazon warehouses yeah. and stuff like that. And he does their some of their camera equipment for... Um, production lines and stuff like that so he has sort of a specialized job but they fly him all over the country so it's nothing for him to be in dallas and then be in seattle in two days and then be in north carolina so through all this he's he's traveled the whole time and um he gets tested regularly and he's like sometimes i'm the only one on the plane
1: that's awesome
0: and i'm like but oh that's that's sad you know i mean what a how hard on the airline industry and the fuel that you're wasting to yeah, deliver uh-huh. one person somewhere, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. But uh, so you know, I'm no expert on the airline industry right now, but it seems pretty safe. They're I, doing I everything is, they can.
1: Just you can't, you have to be prudent, but you can't hide under a rock. No,
0: right? we got to live our lives. You know, be be vigilant and, and protect sure. yourself, but. There's a, you know, we got a beautiful country out here. I'm about to go see it. I
1: know. I'm so excited for I you. I know. Can't wait to see all the pictures you we're
0: post. We're thrilled. We're ready to go. But you said you went to Mexico, so do you speak Spanish?
1: Uh, un poco. Ah. Just
0: little a little bit. Pico-pico. Una cerveza,
1: por favor. Ah. Más <laughs> <Mas> tequila. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, no, más. ¿Dónde están mis pantalones? Which means, where are my pants? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that was in a Brendan Fraser movie years ago. <laughs> I, I don't really speak Spanish, but I, I was down there for an, a U.S. company that was in the food service business that was having a, an off-site meeting, and I got to go speak down there and talk to work with their execs. And So they were kind enough to bring me down there and actually pay me to do it. So I, that's awesome. I was excited, And yeah. did
0: you get a little vacation while you were there? I, you too? know what's
1: funny is I, I was there for – I flew in on um, – red-eye flight, and of course I had to prep because I'd speak to about 300 people the next day, and I needed to get some sleep, and then I spent I, sp- I worked that following morning and I got on a plane at 6 a.m. I spent two nights there, and I spent three hours on the beach, and I had a couple of cocktails and um I had to come back to be at work. Right. <laughs> so when you're self-employed, right, you, you have to go. I did a poor job of planning. I should have done it. I should have gone But you did right.
0: get to soak it in for yeah, a I little did. bit. I did. It was
1: awesome. And the people yeah. are so wonderful and warm. And, and yeah. just, uh, it was awesome.
0: I've only been to, like, the seedy border towns, like, you know, Decomana. Tijuana Decomana. and Juarez. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. But um, it's on the bucket list. Maybe sure. not right now, but. But eventually we'll get there. Okay, so another quote of yours that I really loved, and this one I loved, I, it just connected with me. Is a genuine smile may be the single most powerful leadership and communication tool known to mankind.
1: Yeah, I, I like. What is it? Will Ferrell says an elf. I like smiling. Smiling's my favorite. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I just I see a lot of um, unapproachable people. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, it's understandable. They get fatigued. They get tired. We do a lot of work with people in coaching, actually, in body language and haptics and, and talking about props, about what 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 are your, you know what messages are you sending with people. Right. And if you never look up and you never smile, there's a message there, even if yeah. you don't mean to. And, right. And uh, I worked with somebody once who was a very warm and engaging person, but, but he was prone to a thousand-yard stare, and he wouldn't talk to people. And I called him one day in my office and said, Dan um you're killing me dude I mean I'm yeah. working hard to keep all these people going and and you're focused laser fire and he just didn't realize it yeah and,
0: and it's it's females we call it resting bitch face
1: yeah i have heard that term. yeah and it.
0: and i i have some and they don't they they're not aware of it at all right. you know you're you may be at coffee with them and and you may be having a really you know serious or, or lighthearted conversation sharing with each other or a serious conversation and the face never changes right, right. they're just staring at you and you're gauging a response you're trying to get a response or or something and then you're like are you all right it's, yeah. are you right. okay and they're like right. yeah i'm great Hello? Are you in there? yeah yeah <laughs> and they're like yeah i'm great what are you what what are you talking about and uh. i'm like well you don't look happy yeah. you know and i think if you can like connect the connection looking eye contact sure yeah, smile not, don't be
1: creepy but, yeah. you know, but, uh, I know some creepy men who I've tried to I teach know a this, few. this side hug too right the art of the side hug and the, that's
0: and, a whole class oh I know and, and I could help you with that I could I mean I could you know I could come in and be a speaker as a woman but I didn't be like don't do this
1: yeah that's I'm, I'll bring you in as an advisor yeah, the time like, is right. yeah,
0: yeah like that, that one that look no don't yeah, do that one every
1: now and then I people, you do know it's 2020, right? It's not 1974 or 65. This is not Mad Men,
0: right? And great uh, episode, yeah, of that. exactly, yeah.
1: And great martinis and yeah, stuff exactly. in there, yeah. So anyway, um, but they are oblivious, and some of them some of them are oblivious and some of them are creepy so, yeah. some of them know what
0: they're doing exactly. they just are that exactly. way and they think eventually yeah. it's going to work out yeah. I it, think. and it never does no no it really so. doesn't so I mean if you had a little if you could just give a give us a little clip of advice for somebody who just feels like they're kind of stuck you know things aren't the wheels just aren't turning sure what, what would it what would it be like because I mean there's there's got to be something that's sort of a you know maybe it's smile more often maybe it's Go out and, and find something that connects with you. I right. mean, but what would you advise?
1: Um, wow, how much time do we have? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we so, got plenty of time. So, um, I think that um, I would say take a good hard look at yourself and get somebody who'll tell you the truth to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, I invited people and still do. Um, one of the things in our agreements with organizations and with our individual clients is that. While we have a fee schedule, right, what it says in the, it is in writing, and I'm very careful about the engagements I take this way. I mean, it says if you don't think this was worth what we agreed to, you can either pay us what you think it was worth, or you can pay us nothing if you give us a chance to fix it, right? If you just okay. tell us. So, um uh, I'm constantly asking for feedback about how we're doing because I want to get paid. I'd mean, right. like to get paid for the work I do. Sure. But if you can take a good hard look at yourself and get somebody who'll tell you the truth, tell you the truth, and um, you know, look in the mirror, not out the window. And that, that, that's that's not one. my own. I mean, I I forgot. Good to great, I think, was the book that principle came out of. But okay. Um, you know, more often than not, people are just in their own way.
0: Be willing to to admit that that there's work for you to do within yourself sometimes Absolutely. right you know yes. i mean a constructive criticism is is easier for some of us to take than others
1: yeah and i think that um if you can i mean you know people's intentions are not always right but for those people that you can trust
0: right um,
1: whose intentions are in your best interest that um if they tell you you know you're you're not ready for this role or you don't have the expertise yet. You need to focus on that or you're a jerk to people um, or you're not paying attention to what's most important. I mean, heaven knows I've screwed up many, many, many times in business and, and both in the banking business and in my own um, my life and my, my current practice as a consultant advisor. Um, and the faster you own it, the faster you can correct it. And, yeah, and um, it's not always pleasant. Um, it's embarrassing. It's painful. It's growth. It's growth. It's just growth. like stretching, getting your body to do things that it's not used to doing. Yeah, year, right?
0: yeah. I've learned that growth is, although you know, I, I've learned to find the the. I don't want to say the pleasure and the pain, but I, I use, I've I've come to realize that there's a. With things that make you uncomfortable you will grow from it you right. just have to breathe through it you yeah. know i mean and that's a that's sort of yogi absolutely but you know i and and one of my favorite yoga saying is get comfortable with being uncomfortable sure because life is uncomfortable and if you're not a little bit scared sometimes or if you're just sitting in comfort day after day you're not growing
1: and- so you're exactly right, and I want to plug a book, and it's not mine. It's okay. not one of mine. It's a, it's called Thirty Lessons from America's Wisest People.
0: Oh, I need that it one. It
1: was I think it is a result of a Yale study that's been ongoing for thirty or forty years, and the lead um, a PhD, the guy behind the study, uh, wrote this book, and it was a study of old people and what if they had their lives to do live over, what would they do differently? And they consistently say they'd forgive more. They would take more risk. They'd be less focused on money and more focused on passion. They would, um, um, you know, those are the big ones. Yeah. But, you know, and, and so love more, risk more. Um, forgive. Forgive. Yeah, forgiveness is a huge one because not forgiving somebody is just, just. I mean, you're dragging that dirty. It's your own around. cancer. It is. You're yeah. just dragging it around yourself.
0: Yeah. But, and it, it'll cause sickness. You know, I mean, yeah. it'll, it and it'll manifest somehow, some way. So I think if we can find a way to, um, you know, embrace change and, and 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 encourage growth and be able to be self-reflective and sure and and realize that sometimes life just isn't always fun and that's yeah. okay. That's okay. You know, if you really are working towards something, it's work.
1: Yeah, and someday we're all going to die, right? We know. Yeah, none of, us we're, gotta, none of
0: us are getting out of here alive, exactly. right? Exactly.
1: And your value, what what's important to you changes. Um, Hopefully, if you grow and you don't have to have a heart attack or cancer to make you tell people you love that you love them, um, and i think it work both ways. I've yeah. seen people that have never been changed by some of those things, and some that have been dramatically changed. But heaven's is you can avoid having <laughs> to go through that and learn it earlier. Right. And a lot of people learned it much younger than I did in terms of like not being. I call myself a recovering Type A and uh, meditation and yoga and and uh, mindfulness and all those things really i just was a human doing and i not a human being and i didn't like me
0: i like that you are a human doing not a human being that's a good one yeah Yeah.
1: so yeah not sure how well i live them but i remember them (laughs) my mother says i'm a speech in search of an audience so so, (laughs) so anyway anyway that's uh
0: no, you're you're serving your purpose, and 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 you're you're using your voice to help others, and that's so. a powerful tool. So, tell us some of the books that you have out there. If somebody's listening and they're not familiar with you, and they want to sure look at what you got.
1: So, uh, one of them is Forty Lessons in Leadership. That was the first one. We've actually taken that one out of circulation now to do a third edition of it, but I still okay. have copies of it. Uh, there is another one called. Um, uh, it's a book on sales, and let me think of the title of it. Um, anyway, I'll come back to it later. It's not a big right. but it's a book on sales. And then there's an I've written a novel called Long Trail Home, which is kind of a spiritual allegory. Oh, you in a and
0: novel. And I've got a couple
1: novels. I've got one ready to go.
0: Okay.
1: Um. So uh, writing is how I. How
0: is. How hard is that to do?
1: It's awful. Well, because right, I've so.
0: toyed with the idea just for me, not to publish anything, just to me. And I've, yeah. you know, master class taking some so. some some classes about how to write fiction because I don't want to write about me. Been there, done that. You know, I I want to create magic.
1: Yeah. You know, I think you can teach people a lot in fiction. And if if you were to read. Long Trail Home, you would get it. You would understand the spiritual dimension of the book. Okay. It, it's a, it's a complete, but to other people who read it, it's just a story of a young man who has um, uh, a terrible relationship with his father. That part is not autobiographical, my father and I have a great relationship. And it's set in uh, Civil War Reconstruction period, which is, a, I love um, History. late, late te- 19th century, uh, yeah. particularly the West. And anyway, he ends up going out west and meeting all these interesting characters and comes back home to Atlanta to find out his very wealthy father has committed a terrible crime or might have committed a terrible crime. He has to decide what kind of man he wants to be. And so that's what the book is. And um, writing is easy. Editing is hard. Editing is really hard. Well,
0: research is pretty entailed, right? Because one of my classes I'm taking, they're like, if you're going to write a book that's taking place in a certain era of time... You have to write that book as if you are living in that time. You right. can't put them as personalities that are living today. You know, you 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 can't, you know, you've got to be accurate with your history, your language. Right. You know, all, and I'm listening to all that, and I'm like, well, you know, I. Yeah. it's I, almost like you have to go back in time a little bit and and... Yeah. it's sort of like a, a going back for me when I read these novels and you, you place yourself in the book you know you picture the characters you see who they are if they have a face you mm-hmm. you create your own movie True. right you do, yeah. so uh, to me reading is so much more magical than television or movies too, even yeah. I mean because it's it's so personal yeah. So I think about writing that, and I'm like, ah, oh, that would be so hard to do because it's almost like a reverse reincarnation. Because if you can put yourself in that time and that era and you can sort of live in that moment, you start to be that.
1: You, yeah, and you write, I don't know who I heard this from, but you write what you know, right? If you like, right. So if you were writing fiction, you could write a story easily about uh a yoga instructor and a, and something about her or him or the people he or she right. needs and you could write it about a lot of other things too because you have your own experiences um but it is both the most joyful and miserable experience. kind on, children, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah so. I relate really like to that. But it's fun, one. And, and, it, and you have to write because you want to write, not because you want to be famous or because you. Well, want
0: I to. would never write for even a, th- a thought of a public. I would just want to do it as an exercise for me. And
1: you probably, but but I'll bet you people would want to read it. And yep. if, and, and if you write two or three hundred words a day, um, in a couple months you have a novel. So it's not yeah. it's not that. That's the easy part. The hard part's editing it. So I bet. It's painful.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you that you did that. What's the name of that one again?
1: It's called Long Trail Home. And I Long meant to bring Trail you a Home. copy of it, but I'll bring a copy to you. Yeah,
0: I want one. I want to uh, read it. Cool. Well, listen. I um, I'm glad I finally got to meet you. Me too. It's, it's been fun. It's, yeah. but we were talking about this when you got in. It's a Facebook phenomenon or a social mm-hmm. media. You know, you know these people. You see them on Facebook. You follow their lives. You know what they do. You know the names of their dogs. Sure. You know, you know all these personal things about them, and you see them in the grocery store, and you're afraid to say you like wave yeah. across the aisle, hello. So I finally got to meet you. So it's I been a I really appreciate that and. Um, Keep doing what you do because we need more Jimmo yeah, and we there. need
1: more Kathys too. You know,
0: oh, let's go spread the love and help people uh-huh. and um, all right and do our own. Everybody, do your own part to make the world That's a better right. place. You can't
1: right change the whole world, but you can change your little corner of it.
0: That's right, and that goes and that goes and that goes exactly. And that goes. So, right. thank you so much for your it's been time. my
1: Pleasure, I'm flattered you you asked me here. It's been a privilege.
0: Thank you so much. All right, everybody, we are good and we are out.